Hey, Charging fans, I'm Ryan Abraham, publisher of USTFootball.com. We have some breaking news to discuss here on our Charging Football Update. Television show, emergency television, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Jordan Addison, who was the number one ranked player left that hadn't yet committed from the NCAA transfer portal, according to 24-7 Sports, and the number five overall player in the NCAA transfer portal. He was uncommitted, uh, the former Pitt wide receiver that won the Bolitnikoff Award last year as a sophomore at Pitt. He is now committed. He is going to enroll uh, at USC. Join Lincoln Riley, Caleb Williams, and this new look Trojan team. Uh, so huge addition from the transfer portal, obviously getting a player of that caliber. He is the first player who to transfer that won a major college football award. We've seen players transfer and then win an award like the Heisman Trophy, like a Joe Burrow, guys like that. But this is a player that actually won the award already, returned to college, has another year of eligibility, and decided to transfer. So if you know the backstory on Jordan Addison a little bit, um, he did lose his quarterback from last year. His wide receiver coach ended up going to Texas. His offensive coordinator uh, also left. And Jordan Addison decided to leave. There was some scuttlebutt from Pat Narduzzi, the pit head coach uh, about tampering and all that. Uh, it looked like Jordan Addison was going to take an official visit to Alabama. That didn't happen, but uh, he was certainly looking at Alabama. He did take an official visit to the University of Texas and took an official visit to USC this past weekend where they took some photos and then he announced uh, on Thursday afternoon, and I'll put up his Twitter statement um, about, you know, thanking the Pitt family and Pat Narduzzi, uh, but, you know, having to make a decision, a decision that a lot of student athletes before him uh, couldn't have made. They couldn't have made that transfer and been able to play right away without sitting out. Uh, but he does, you know, did feel like, you know, that was something he wanted to do. He thought about it and decided on USC. So he had that official visit to USC over the weekend and then announced on Thursday uh, earlier on Thursday, that he was going to pick USC. You can see the, the statement up there. They also put up some uh, photos from that official visit. I will uh, put those up there for you to check out. If you want to know a little bit about Addison, he had a monster sophomore season, You know, won the Bolitnikoff Award, so the top wide receiver in the country. There were six uh, wide receivers taken in the first round of the NFL draft. Uh, and he won an award over all those guys. So that tells you something. But 144 targets, 100 receptions, nearly 1,600 yards, 17 touchdowns. Um, he uh, tied the lead for touchdowns in a season with Western Kentucky's uh, Jareth Stearns. And uh, he was fourth nationally in total receiving yards. As a freshman, he had 60 receptions for 666 yards and four TDs and that shortened uh, 2020 football season. I'll put some other photos up here. You see Gavin Morris hanging with uh, with Jordan Addison. He tweeted that one out. You know Caleb Williams, uh, quarterback, is showing there. Um, Jordan Addison and Caleb Williams uh, both grew up in the DMV, the the Washington D.C. you know Maryland Virginia area. Knew each other uh, from there. So that Caleb Williams thought you thought he would be a big part of that recruitment. You can see his you know with his mom uh, checking things out over at USC and then. A little solo shot of uh, Jordan Addison there. But, you know, Caleb Williams, we talked about, you know, there's a big connection between him and Addison. And you have to think that had to be a big part of it, uh, of why Addison would want to transfer to USC. But, you know, whatever it was, that you know, he ended up picking the Trojans. Uh, it looked like it was down to USC 
and uh, Texas. And, you know, he ends up coming over from Pittsburgh, essentially a one-on-one, uh, you know, one-for-one trade with uh, USC's quarterback from last year, Keen Slovis, heads to Pitt, and Jordan Addison um, heads to USC. So really big news around, you know, college football because there's there's only so many top players that entered the portal. We thought there might be more, uh, you know, Division One starters, but there were some big names, you know, and, and Caleb Williams was the biggest. He was ranked the highest. I can, I'll pull up the rankings here for you. Um, so Caleb Williams, according to 24-7 Sports, as far as the transfer portal rankings go, Caleb Williams was the top-ranked player. First three were all quarterbacks. Quinn Ewers, who ended up going to Texas, was number two. And Jackson Dart, uh, USC of USC fame, he ends up being number three. Eli Ricks, uh, the cornerback from LSU that went to Alabama, was number four. He's already gotten uh, some off-field trouble there. And then Jordan Addison was uh, number five. So he's right up there. And there's only... You know, five five stars. He was one of them. Re-ranked uh, for the transfer portal. And then Mario Williams, um, he was the number nine ranked player. So USC of the the top ten players in the transfer portal for the twenty twenty two cycle, the Trojans uh, ended up getting three of them. So you know, not too bad. Uh, as far as what you know, what does this mean for the team? Well, kind of look at the overall. I'll give you some aspect of the, the overall transfer portal. Uh, numbers, if you remember, so coming out of spring football, by our calculations, and I, you can look up over at uscfootball.com, the scholarship distribution chart, looked like USC had 10 scholarships left to give. They had 75 players on scholarship. Um, a, well, they, they had essentially 77. Uh, Micah Kroom, the I believe it was like a seventh year uh, um, senior for USC safety. He's a former walk-on. We found out he went back on scholarship aid. And then uh, Elijah Winston, the uh, linebacker, he entered the transfer portal. So that brought USC down to 75 total scholarships with you know 10 remaining. The, they've added uh, six so far from the NCAA transfer portal. Uh, four defensive players and two offensive players. And you know, the, I think the focus is going to be post spring on the defensive side of the ball. But they wanted to get an offensive lineman. They got uh, Corey Lovelace, the uh, Cooper Lovelace, yeah. So um, coming out of uh, Butler Community College. So uh, so as far as guys being added, there was Cooper Lovelace on the offensive side of the ball, and now um, uh, Jordan Addison. So the rest of the guys were all uh, defensive players. And I think going forward, you know, they could add up to four more unless some other guys end up, you know, falling off the roster before fall camp. Uh, I think they're going to focus on the defensive side of the ball, but getting a guy like Addison is just, I mean, it's a no brainer, obviously, you know, the guy, he was the best wide receiver in the country. You want to go to guy for Caleb Williams, you know, Mario Williams could certainly be that guy. Um, but, you know, get a guy like Addison, I think it, there's just no, you know, no way you would want to, to not take somebody like that. Um, so I'm going to look, so this sort of is going to have an impact on this USC Trojan team. Uh, in a number of different ways. Uh, Stuart Mandel over Athletic does his uh, way too early top 25. And he was waiting on this Jordan Addison news to kind of, um, you know, put where he was going to put USC. Uh, I'll give you like the, the the highlights from his top 25, just on the Pac-12 perspective. He has Utah all the way up at number four. Previously, they were number five. You know, it makes sense. They got a whole bunch of guys coming back. Um, you know, they went to the Rose Bowl last year. I could see that happening. He has Oregon at number 12. Interesting, you know, uh, Dan Lanning up there, you know, a lot of staff changes. Uh, he's never been a head coach before, but that roster is still pretty stacked. Uh, they got a lot of good players there. 
Not really sure about wide receiver. Um, you know, is Bo Nix going to be a great quarterback? I don't know. Um, they got to replace guys in the secondary, but I think their front seven brings a lot of guys back. They should be a really talented team. And here's USC right behind the Oregon at number 13. Um, he had him at number 20 before, so the Trojans have moved up quite a bit. His narrative and a lot of the other people's narrative uh, across college football is that USC's, you know, problems are going to be on the lines or on the defensive side of the ball. I think USC's offensive line is going to be fine. You know, you, you added a couple of transfers there, but also just a lot of experience coming back. And I think on, on the defensive side, they're going to be better. I mean, they were historically bad last season, but I think they're going to be a lot better. Um, you know, I think guys like Tuli Tui Pelotu are going to have, you know, breakout years. He could potentially be a, you know, first team all Pac-12 kind of guy. I think Corey Foreman can break out all the guys they've added from the portal. But I, I think there's going to be a combination of guys added from the portal, the Shane Lees and, uh, you know, guys like that versus guys from last year that are on the roster that maybe didn't contribute and can come back, like Brandon Peely, um, Solomon Tuleapupu, uh, Corey Foreman. Are those guys going to have big years? And I think they I think they can put all that stuff together with a better scheme and be a significantly improved defense. But that's where the national knock is going to be on USC and why they won't be ranked quite as high. But they're not done in the transfer portal yet, so they could still add uh, some more bodies there. Um, if, if you look at some of the odds, uh, like DraftKings came out earlier today before this transfer portal news happened and had USC as the sixth best odds to win the national championship. So that would be above Utah and above Oregon. Um, they were plus 3,000 to win the national championship. So only five teams ahead of them, which mm, I don't know if that makes a lot of sense, but now you had a guy like Jordan Addison, maybe it makes a, a little bit more. Uh, as far as the, the, the transfer portal numbers, we talked about that with four scholarship guys left. There's a, a, a pretty good wide receiver room that Addison is coming into. And I, you know, I mentioned Mario Williams there. We got to see, uh, you know, what he was able to do. Caleb Williams, favorite target um, from last year. And, you know, they, they connected in the spring game for a couple of touchdowns and they look good, but they, they also brought in a couple of, you know, highly regarded transfers from the PAC 12 and uh, Brendan Rice from Colorado is a, a bigger guy, still got some breakaway speed, you know, Jerry Rice's son, he's got to kind of shake that, He you know, you know, he's a different kind of player than his dad, but um, certainly a lot of talent and someone that was a leader for Colorado. And another leader was Terrell Bynum, uh, you know, the senior receiver from Washington that, that came down here. And just a hard worker. Everyone loves his work ethic and uh, seemed to fit in really well with the team uh, around USC. So guys like that, I mean, those are three really highly regarded transfers from the wide receiver spot. And you're like, you'd be really happy if that's your wide receiver class uh, of transfers. And then you had a guy like uh, Jordan Addison I, you know, after that. Um, holy cow. Like that's, uh, I mean, that's just major, major um, addition to uh, to any team. I mean, I don't care if you're Alabama, you're Georgia. Teams that, you know, Ohio State even that has like tons of wide receivers. Like you bring in this guy and he's got to be a difference maker for your team. So, you know, Caleb Williams has to be all smiles knowing that he's got this other guy to, uh, throw to, but I think there's other players uh, from this USC roster that, you know, from the wide receiver spot that you would have to take a look at. I mean, Kyware Red, uh, Ware Hudson was one of the breakout players, I think, for USC spring football. I mean, he just looked uh, so good in the spring. I mean, you know, he was hampered by injuries and stuff before, had the hamstring problems and stuff, and I don't think really got great opportunities last year. But man, uh, it looked like he could play in the spring. And he's one of those guys, everyone's like, he turned a ton of heads.
Um, you know, we, we mentioned buying them. That the only the the only um, upperclassman is is buying them. You know, coming in as a redshirt senior, and then John Jackson III, who just always seems to perform. He's a he's a junior, but everyone else uh, is the freshman and sophomore uh, land. But um, you know, Taj Washington, what can he do? Uh, Gary Bryant Jr. He gets you know nicked up a little bit in spring football, but breakaway speed. You love to see what he can do. Kyle Ford. Man, I love the, you know, see, he had that 48-yard touchdown reception in the uh, spring game. So um, there's a lot of good options for USC. And I think the one thing that you want to look at, yes, he's a, you know, he's, he's the best, he was the best wide receiver in the country last year. He's going to help your team. He's going to help any team. But it seemed like in the spring where USC added all these pieces from the transfer portal, uh, it's Things can happen chemistry-wise where the guys that were already there could get upset um, and there could be clicks and things like that. It felt like the chemistry was really good in the spring because there was a group of people that were at USC. A lot of the people had left and the people that were there kind of bought into the Lincoln-Riley culture, the, the, the change in culture. It was going to be more discipline, more accountability, all of that. So they sort of bought in. And I think they were ready to work hard knowing that if they worked hard, there was going to be gold at the end of the rainbow because they've seen what if you follow what Lincoln Riley is preaching you go to the college football playoff you win your conference guys win the Heisman things like that and then the guys coming in that wanted to change the scenery wanted to buy into this new culture if you're coming from Oklahoma you're like the Mario Williams or Caleb Williams they know what to expect but the other guys coming in from other places if you're Shane Lee coming from Alabama or a trail Bynum coming from Washington you picked USC for a reason because you bought into what Lincoln Riley was selling and you thought, hey, this is a program on the rise. We want to come in there. I think you you kind of mix it all together with an entirely new coaching staff, except for Dante Williams. Um, you know, a bunch of guys come from Oklahoma, but a bunch of guys come from other places. It seemed to gel pretty quickly. And I think because everyone was starting at ground zero, I thought spring went very smooth. I didn't see the kind of you know, disruption that could be when you're adding pieces from here over there. Everyone was kind of starting with ground zero. So I think that helped. Now you're going to throw a Jordan Addison into the mix. Does that impact the kind of chemistry that they built over those 15 practices in the spring? I know it's hard to say, but that's just something to, to pay attention to. But it's one of those things where it's a no brainer. Why would you not want to bring uh, a guy like that into your program? So uh, the timing is kind of interesting because USC started classes, summer classes on Wednesday. Um, so there's an opportunity here. He can still enroll. I mean, it just classes just started. Uh, you know, there are condensed semesters in the summer. I don't know when the cutoff date would be, but I'm sure he could still enroll at this point. Um, so you would be able to enroll at USC, start your summer classes, get that workload stuff going, and then be able to participate when they start doing their off-season workouts, the summer training and things like that, the player-run practices. Because... You know, all those players that transferred in did get spring practice with, you know, running with Caleb Williams or uh, Miller Moss, you know, the, the quarterbacks that are there. Now you want um, Jordan Addison to be able to catch passes from those guys and kind of feel things out and work with the other wide receivers, too. It would give USC an 11th scholarship wide receiver. And when Lincoln Riley talked about this offense, he wanted it to be an offense that you ran eight to 10 guys out there. So only having 10 scholarship wide receivers, I think you wanted to add. Some more pieces if you could. They already added three transfers. They bring in C.J. Williams, uh, the true freshman. Um, you know, we didn't get to really see him in the spring, but you know, he'll be. He's in the mix now. He's part of that ten. Now you got an eleventh, and it wasn't a depth guy. It was a 
you know, a guy that caught 100 balls last year and led the nation in touchdown. So not a bad – it's hard to look at this in a bad light. Like the only thing I could mention is maybe it upsets the chemistry a little bit. But um, I think, you know, you're going to um, embrace a guy like that, welcoming him in. And from the pictures we saw, it seemed like, uh, you know, certainly Caleb Williams was, was happy with him. And, you know, them having that sort of bond from, you know, the seven-on-seven -seven circuit and the DMV – uh, you know, that I think is going to help. And Caleb Williams is such a leader. I think if he brings a guy like Jordan Addison in under his wing, the other people are going to follow and, 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 you know, kind of accept him into the group. So I'm, I'm not really worried about that, but that's really the only kind of downside I could see in something like this. When you add a player like that, you're like, uh, yeah, if you add an amazing pass rusher and you still have a bunch of good pass rushers, you're like, that's going to help your team. You know, you add a lockdown corner to any team, like, yep, that's going to help. You had the Blitnikoff award-winning wide receiver. I think that's going to help uh, the team. One last thing I just want to uh, talk about before uh, we break away from this. Uh, how does this impact uh, the Pac-12 race? So Lincoln Riley taking over. Expectations are through the roof. He said it's going to be the most unique roster in college football history. Hard to argue uh, with him when he talks about something like that because they're reworking this roster. I mean, just have guys like, Kayla Williams and Jordan Addison uh, on this team that weren't on the team last year. I mean, that's, that's a huge, it's a huge deal. Uh, but where can this team go? Like how far uh, can they rise? And I think a couple factors that you, you have to look at. Um, I think Utah is still going to be the favorite, you know, in the PAC 12. I mean, there's, they were, they returned most everybody from last year and they went to the Rose bowl. USC has to play Utah on the road. And I think, before even, you know, today or yesterday, before yesterday, feeling like USC can go out and win nine, maybe even like 10 games or something uh, with this new reworked roster and new schemes and all that kind of stuff, but likely still finish second to Utah in the division because, you know, that that's going to be a tough game going to Salt Lake City. And, you know, I, I think Utah is going to still be the favorite to win. USC could go to, to Utah and win for sure. Uh, and we're, they're not even done adding all the pieces and everything. We're going to see what they do in camp. But I think a likely scenario would be that USC has a really good season, a much improved season over four and eight last year, but isn't able to get over the Utah hump in year one when they got Cam Rising back and and all those guys. In 2023, I think would be a different story with a you know full recruiting class and not relying on the portal that much and all that kind of stuff. But we got word from the Pac-12 that the division thing is going to go away. So USC could finish second in the South to Utah and still make it to the Pac-12 championship game. I think the North is going to be completely wide open. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't, I'm not buying Oregon, uh, you know, going 10 and two or 11 and one or anything. I think they're going to be good. Their roster still really good. They certainly have the potential to do that, but I, I think, you know, Dan Lanning first year, uh, I think there's going to be a little bit of a drop off. Uh, that, that past game was not very good last year. Bo Nix is, you know, good plays, bad plays. We'll see how uh, he's able to perform there. He doesn't have a lot of great receivers uh, to throw to. You know, Travis Dye, most effective rusher, comes to USC. They got a lot of guys in the front seven on defense. I think they're going to be good there. Got some questions in the secondary. Lost a lot of guys there. There's some transfers they're going to try to mix in. I just think the, the North is going to be a lot more wide open. And a very likely scenario, I would not be shocked, obviously, if Utah wins the South, wins the South, which doesn't matter anymore, but USC, like maybe uses, loses to Utah, has a slightly, you know, uh, one game difference in the, the Pac-12 standings, but has the second best overall 
Pac-12 record, meaning that they would get to uh, to play Utah again in Las Vegas for the the national uh, national the Pac-12 championship game, and that's a that's a winnable scenario where. I was at the Pac-12 championship game in Las Vegas last year. Utah had like 80% of the fans, and it felt like a home game in there. So USC fans would have to go out and support, so it wouldn't be that kind of uh, you know environment. But it wouldn't be Rice-Eccles Stadium either. So that would be – and you know you have a whole year under your belt with all these new guys getting integrated. I think instead of midway through the year playing Utah, you get them again at the end of the year. If USC's clicking by then – they could easily win the Pac-12 championship game. So I feel like, you know, adding a guy like Addison and the change in the Pac-12, uh, my thoughts of USC, you know, my odds or whatever, whatever uh, thinking of USC winning the Pac-12 have increased a little bit just because they're going to have that second chance if they lose to Utah during the season, but still have a great season and finish second in the Pac-12 overall, they get another shot at them. Uh, obviously, adding a guy like Addison – um, that's just more points on the board, right? I mean, there's just it's it's going to be hard to keep that guy out of the end zone, uh, and it'll be more about like wow, there's there's a lot more receivers now than we thought, and there's more options, and uh, some of those young guys are going to emerge. Are they going to get the opportunity? Sounds like Lincoln Riley's going to play a lot of guys, uh, and you know, one thing to watch about Addison too, he had 144 targets last year. I don't think you're going to get that many targets in this offense, and that's probably something that was discussed. He showed all what he needed to show in that Bolitnikoff Award-winning season. He's got opportunities in LA, uh, you know, NIL deals and things like that. You can be a superstar in the city uh, if he if he has a big year, but you're probably not going to get that many targets and that many catches in this offense where things are going to be spread spread around a little bit more. Sort of like Drake London last year. USC tried that Drake London offense, and when Drake London goes down, there's really nothing left. There's a lot in this offense outside of Jordan Addison, but he certainly brings everything to another level. Phew. Okay. Well, uh, I just want to give an update, a little emergency update here uh, at uscfootball.com. And our, our, thanks for watching our YouTube channel at Inside, at Inside Troy. Um, just kind of talking about the Jordan Addison commitment because obviously it's big news in college football. Uh, that's going to wrap things up. Please hit like and subscribe. And if you're not a member, a subscriber over at uscfootball.com, make sure you get in there. A dollar for the first month. Come on. there You can't beat that. There's stuff going on year round. Go over the peristyle. Talk about Jordan Addison signing with USC with all Trojan fans from across the world that are discussing it there. It's the biggest, oldest, um, busiest USC message board on the planet. I started it way back in 1996, and it's been going strong ever since. So make sure you go check it out and become a subscriber to uscfootball.com. So it's gonna sign. I'm going to sign off. Uh, thanks very, very much for tuning in, and we will talk to you.